Working with a new client or organization is exciting. They trust you to tell their story, to communicate with their audiences or help them build new ones and help them succeed as an organization. Typically, you can't wait. You want to just jump right in and get to work. But before you start looking for story ideas, planning events, or designing infographics, you have to develop an often overlooked part of communications, your strategic plan. Remember Hannibal Smith in the A-Team? Do you remember the scene near the end of each show where he'd stand looking out at yet another improbable victory with his trusty cigar in his hand and say, I love it when I throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks? No, of course not. That's not what he said. <laughs> his memorable quote is, I love it when a plan comes together. Because without a plan, Hannibal would be looking at the rubble around his feet crying, why? Because we want to keep you from being in that position, we are going to discuss what a good communications plan should be include on today's Spin Sucks podcast episode. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. Welcome back to the Spin Sucks podcast. I'm Jenny Dietrich. Whether you're working for an agency, a nonprofit, or a company, you need a solid plan. A good communications plan helps you set expectations early during a campaign. It defines success for the organization and better protects you from an unrealistic or out-of-scope demands. We hosted a webinar with Benson Hendricks on how to craft a strategic plan. It was five years ago now, and it's timeless because strategy doesn't change. I'll link to it in the show notes should you want to watch it. It will help you develop your strategy chops and show you how to set goals and objectives. It also shows you how you can reach those objectives in a measurable way with a solid strategy and tactics. It focuses on the four-step process in management by objectives, two important ideas to help you develop strategies that make sense for you and your clients. One of the great things about planning is that different people have different ways of developing plans. Almost none of them are ever completely wrong. They just match the philosophy of the person creating it. Benson also talks about how almost nearly every communicator prefers to jump right to tactics, and we forget about the research and plan phase of what we do. While it's certainly not as exciting as tactics, we should not do anything without it. Can you imagine being in a new city and having to find your way around to a meeting without GPS, your phone, or a good old-fashioned map? That's what it's like when we try to run a communications program without a plan. We're trying to drive somewhere without having any idea where we're going. If you dread annual planning or really have no idea where to start, this conversation will help. There are 16 things, don't let that overwhelm you, 16 things every communications plan should have that will drive all marketing, business development, growth, and results. Money, 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 money. Let's dig in. The most important part of your communications plan is to have a process. If you just stick some goals up on a whiteboard and call it a day, it's not going to work. However, if you have a process and it's implemented well, it will force you to confront challenges and contradictions that could trip future growth. It needs to be developed with colleagues who feel comfortable being brutally honest. The reason creating a communications plan is harder than it seems, we often see what should be rather than what is. 
If you have colleagues who aren't on the client team or not in the communications or marketing department, use them. They'll have ideas that transcend your world. And in today's virtual world, that becomes a bit challenging. While you could craft this process in person and get it done in a day or a day and a half, it may take you some time to get it all finished. For instance, I wouldn't ask people to sit on a Zoom call for a full day or a day and a half. Oh my gosh, even I would die. I would die. That would be terrible. I'd break it up into two-hour segments over several weeks. That's why we're talking about this in October instead of December. If you want your communications plan to drive real business results and you work in a B2B world, the objective should always be to increase conversions. If you're working with nonprofits, it will be to increase fundraising or more volunteers. And with consumer brands, it certainly depends on the organization, but I can't imagine you wouldn't want to affect sales in some way. From a B2B perspective, which is my expertise, this is where you'll state how many new customers you need by size industry, and marketing needs. You also can describe here how much growth can come from existing customers. After all, it's far easier to grow existing customers than it is to obtain new. You also should say how much the increase should be and make it realistic enough that you can actually achieve it. For instance, don't say you want to add $10 million next year if you only added a $1 million this year. Don't say you want to add $100,000 next year if you only added $10,000. The objective is the what. It's what you want to achieve and you need to make it measurable. For one client we're working with, the objective is to increase highly qualified marketing leads. To do that, we look at four things, quality of audience, origination, contribution, and conversion, which leads to return on investment. Then we have goals. For some reason, goals are really difficult for communicators. When I worked at Fleischmann Hillard, I got so tired of people asking me what a goal should include. I wrote a list of active words and posted it on my wall. It included words for goals and for strategies, and people would walk by, stare at my wall, which always kind of creeped me out until I realized what they were doing, and then they keep walking. Today, that seems kind of silly, but it worked and it taught people how to at least think about goals, if not build them, just by looking at my wall, creepy or not. The goal should be no more than five, ideally only three, and should be actionable. For instance, how will you reach your objective of increasing conversions? You have to have goals that work backwards from there. You might want to increase website traffic from XX to XX or build a database from where it is now to where you want it to be tomorrow or three months from now or a year from now. You'll want to increase marketing leads from what it is today to where you need to be. You want to increase marketing qualified leads, increase sales qualified leads, and convert X percent of sales qualified leads to customers. If you don't yet have the numbers you need to include in your goals, and you may not, that's okay. You can set benchmarks. In that case, I would craft a 60 or 75 day plan to set benchmarks and then go back and create the goals. For the aforementioned client, we started with a list of 250 prospects. We tagged them all in the CRM as prospects and we got to work. If they subscribe to the blog, download some content, or fill out a form, they become a marketing lead. Now we've hit our first three goals, increase website traffic, build the email database, and increase marketing leads. At this point, the marketing and sales qualified leads that lead to a conversion are different for each organization. So this gives you a really good start, but you have to dig even deeper. 
Next, you'll move on to your strategy, which is what helps you achieve your goals. It's the how you'll do it. It becomes your map or your GPS or Google Maps inside your phone. If your goal is to build and enhance your reputation to attract more clients in your target market, then your strategy has to be a sentence or two that describes how you'll do that. Let's call this the vision of your communications plan. What does success look like a year from now? Really think about what you will have accomplished by the end. It could be three months, six months, a year, or five years. Although I will say this in 2020, you might just want to go 30 days out at a time. (laughs) Imagine what the client or CEO is saying to you after a successful month or quarter or half a year or year. Write that down. Now it's time to start actually building your communications plan. You will need to get information from your client or the executive team to fill some of this in. They may delay getting you the information or won't provide it at all. Fight for it. It's incredibly important you have it. You cannot affect change in the organization unless you know where the business is going and how you can help it get there. If some of the following information does not yet exist, force a two-day strategic planning session, like we talked about earlier, that could probably be, I don't know, let's call it four two-hour meetings, so over four or five weeks, we won't work with a new client without that session, and we require every member of the executive team to sit in it. It is painful for some, and I actually had once had a CEO walk out because he didn't want to discuss growth in front of his team, but it created a communications plan worth its weight in gold. And then you want to create your executive summary. This is what's going to sit on your desk. It's a one-page recap of everything in your plan. It should be somewhere that you can review it daily and it's easy to remember and refer back to. It should include the organization's mission and vision and core values. And then it should include your objective, your goals, your strategies, your differentiators or key messages, your list of communications tactics by month or quarter, any issues or challenges that come up in the initial planning meetings that you haven't yet solved, and a list of things you would like to do if resources open up but aren't part of the main plan and aren't required for you to to have success. During the meeting, when you bring your colleagues together from other departments, you're going to create a list of challenges you're facing. These could be anything from a lazy salesperson to a commoditized business. Create a description of the products or services you want to market and what challenges you might face in doing so. For instance, we've productized productized our intellectual property for communicators and for agency owners. One of our challenges includes communicators who don't have budget control, which means they can't spend money on professional development. Or perhaps a competitor has more experience in an industry you want to enter, or your organization doesn't yet have the history a prospect would want. List every challenge you can foresee, just like you would do in crisis communications planning. Same thing here don't have to be as crazy, right? But you definitely want to list every challenge that you can think through. The situation analysis then is an identification of key industry status metrics. We have a client who does this quarterly. He includes what's going on economically from a global perspective, as well as industry metrics. It's incredibly helpful to see how things change from quarter to quarter and how the work you're doing falls within the industry standards and trends. Your situation analysis should include your overall goals and focus, your culture, your perceived strengths and weaknesses, and your market share position. The customer analysis in your communications plan could also be a brand persona creation. Who are the three or four customer types you want to attract? How many customers do you want to have by the end of the year? 
What are the values of your targeted customers? Include an overview of the decision process these prospects use to hire an organization like yours or your clients. Now it's time to do a customer analysis. It should look at your own marketing position along with the market positions of your closest competitors. I would also include the domain authority of all your competition and a look at where they rank for your priority keywords. Moz, M-O-Z, and S-E-M-R-U-S-H, S-E-M-R-U-S-H, R-E-U-S-H, will both let you do this automatically if you have $99 a month to spend. If you don't, you can do it manually and then update it monthly. It won't take you very long. It's just a spreadsheet in a Google search. Include any weaknesses in your competitor analysis that could curtail your efforts to compete effectively. From there, we go to an implementation summary, which is an analysis of how you will use the above information to achieve your goals. This should be as specific as possible to allow for accountability. Who needs to do what and on what timeline? Do you need help from other departments? The answer is yes. Or will you work in a silo? The answer is no. Write down a summary of the big things, product launches, events, speaking engagements, board meetings, and who will need to help. Then you're going to look at positioning statements or key messages, whatever you want to call them. It's the language you'll use in your marketing materials to differentiate you from the competition. It should highlight your key service mission and qualitative skill sets. Then you have cost strategy, and it seems kind of odd to add cost strategy into your communications plan, but it's important to look at the overall business. In this case, cost could definitely affect your ability to deliver results. Include an overview of the organization's pricing structure relative to that of the competition and averages for sizes, company, industry, and region. The more you can claim deep expertise, the more you can charge. In a communications agency, for instance, crisis communications experts do well because they get paid based on their expertise. Once you have this complete, you should consider posting pricing on your website. It's a debate you'll have internally, depending on what it is that you do. It may stay internal, but it's worth the conversation. In just a minute, I'll be back to talk to you about the tactics. Finally, the tactics. I'll be right back. There are two things I want you to know about. The first is the Fundamentals of Media Measurement course that we just launched with Muckrack. And the second is the PESO model certification. Both will help you evolve your career this year as you learn how to measure your work using the PESO model to get you there. The Fundamentals of Media Measurement course can teach you how to measure your earned media efforts, create a successful measurement strategy, and report on your success. It will take you about two hours, but it has quick bite-sized lessons you can take when convenient. It has actionable tips, step-by-step approaches, and examples from Jonna Burke, Christopher Penn, and me. Go to mrac.co slash spinsucks to learn more, get registered, and start your measurement journey today. That's mrac.co slash spinsucks. Please be sure to use that link because I get a gold star every time someone registers, and I love gold stars. And for those of you who need to evolve your career, learn how to integrate the work you do with marketing and amp up your measurement efforts, the PESO model certification is for you. Step up your game with an academically accredited PESO model certification from Spin Sucks and the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Learn more about that by going to spinsucks.com academy, or you can go to spinsucks.com and click on academy in the navigation. And now back to the show. Welcome back. Now we can finally talk tactics. This is where most communicators start. 
but you can see how much you should do before you get here. It's a lot. This is where you get to include the fun stuff, such as creating a new media room using something like Pitch Engine or Coverage Book, build a cranberry bog in Times Square, did it, host a celebrity chef cook-off for catfish, did that too, or hold a fire ant funeral complete with a pastor and mourners, pinnacle of my career. Go wild here. All of your tactics will include and be measurable because of all the work you've done to this point. This should include tactics that fit within a peso model, are integrated, and are measurable. It should include a detailed delineation of who on your team will supplement and implement specific elements of the plan and a timeline. Once you have your tactics done, you want to look at changing market analysis. So forecast anticipated changes in the fiscal landscape of your target industries in the next three to five years. Typically, that's what we do. I'd say in 2020, probably in the next 30, 60, and 90 days. <laughs> How will these changes affect you? For instance, no one in a thousand years could have predicted a global pandemic would shut businesses down for several weeks or depending on where you are in the world, several months. Actually, that's not true. Bill Gates predicted it, but no one believed him. And nobody listened to him. Guess we learned that lesson. I think we can all agree that 2020 has been, shall we say, special. Not only are we dealing with a pandemic, the Death Valley recorded the hottest temperature ever. Three hurricanes hit landfall at the same exact time. Utah had days of earthquakes. Murder hornets flew over Washington. And not to mention, oh, you know, a forthcoming election that is about to send the world into a spiral, regardless of who wins. The point is, you have to be prepared for the outside forces that will affect your communications plan, even if you can't predict the specific instances. And then last, but certainly not least, and most important, you must include metrics. If you did your work up front correctly, you already have your metrics. Rewind back through the goals section. You know where I said XX to XX? Those should be actual numbers. Those numbers become your metrics. If you need help building this part of your communications plan, SpinSucks has plenty on the topic. It's my favorite topic, which I will link to in the show notes. Make sure you follow the SMART structure when creating your communications plan. Are they specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. And now it's finally time to get your communications plan written. This is not an easy assignment, but now is the time. If you don't already have many of these things written down and in stone, it may take you several weeks of brainstorming and testing to get it right. You do have enough time to get it done between now and the end of the year, which is why I say we talk about this now instead of in December. Work with colleagues in other departments, force a strategy session with the executives, access the organization's analytics and other data you can get your hands on, and then get to work. You will be happy you did. Whew, that one was a doozy, but this is incredibly important work. I know we'd all like to skip it, just like we'd all love it if just one workout a week kept us in tip-top shape. Or maybe that's just me, but it would be pretty amazing. Don't skip it. Do the hard work. If you start now, you'll have it all ready for 2021 before you shut down for the year. And if you need help, want to brainstorm ideas, or want to discuss metrics, my favorite topic, join us in the Spin Sucks community. You can find us at spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. That's spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. I'll see you next week. 
If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 